Welcome to Sisters of the Apocalypse. This podcast is hosted by sisters, surviving in this crazy world and just trying to keep a sense of humor along the way. Listen to three witty women who grew up in the same house, share their ideas, inspirations, and experiences. The Sisters of the Apocalypse will share the ups, downs, and everything in between when it comes to life as a millennial woman in today's world. Relatable and enjoyable until the very end. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Sisters of the Apocalypse. Tonight, we are going to be talking about our unique take on conversation starters. So the reason I say unique take is because we're going to give some examples of stories and different ideas of things you can talk about in social settings, maybe a little bit more unique than what do you do for a living? Because as we all know, that can sometimes lead to a dead end conversation. And also what you do for a living is not who you are as a person. So why is small talk so important? It can help build relationships and network with others. Engaging in small talk is a sign of politeness and social awareness. These lighthearted conversations can uplift moods and create a positive atmosphere. And it may also serve as a bridge to more meaningful conversations. Through small talk, you might learn new things, discover shared interests, or gain insights into different perspectives. Today, as we talk about these different ideas about conversation starters and throw in a couple stories as well about how these have gone well for us, or fallen flat. So we hope you learn something or take one of these away as an example at your next event. I think the cardinal sin of small talk is talking about the weather. It's really easy to do. And it is actually like something I do genuinely think about occasionally, but it is, you know, of the crime of all crimes. You can't go into a conversation talking about the weather if you can avoid it. I do a lot of small talk in my work life. And there was a point when I was changing kind of my role at work and I knew I was going to have to talk to a lot more strangers and do a lot more small talk. And I practiced it. And I think the girls will probably remember this point in my life because I would talk to everybody. And now it's basically a habit. And I, I end up in conversations pretty much on every elevator I'm on, in every checkout line I'm in, with the cashier, with the person behind me with the Taco Bell person when I'm getting takeout. And I really do enjoy it most of the time. Sometimes, you know, you just do it because you feel like you need to, but there's just so many random fun things to talk about with strangers. And it's just like a little moment when you can interact and hopefully put a smile on their face and they can put a smile on your face. I think that's really sweet. And I feel like I've seen the positive things that come from, you know, the small talk that you do. And it makes me want to engage in it more because I think I'm guilty of just kind of wanting to be left alone a lot of the time and that maybe I think other people feel the same way. But when I have an opportunity for small talk, I really try to take it. And that's kind of where I might not seek it out, maybe like you, but if I if I have a window, if I have an opening, I will make a joke. Love that, Jenny. All right, so Christine, when you were getting in the mode of practicing small talk, what did you do or what was your go-to if you were saying talking about the weather is off limits, maybe? What were some of your go-to conversation starters? Sure. Great question. So I think that the easiest thing to do is just make a observation or a comment about something that is like in your purview. You know, if you're at the checkout line 
and the person behind you has strawberries, you can say, oh my gosh, those strawberries look so good. I didn't even think that they were in season anymore. And they might say, oh my gosh, I know, right? I can't wait to make pie when I get home. Something like that. If you know someone a little bit better, like let's say it's a work acquaintance that someone you don't know well, I like to... (laughs) say something like funny or personal, especially if it's like a little bit out of the ordinary. There was one recently where I almost dropped my keys down the elevator shaft twice in one day. And so that's just not something that happens every day. And so every time I was on an elevator with someone, I'd be like, you will not believe what I just did or almost did, I guess. Because, you know, you guys can laugh about it and then hopefully they feel like this is, you know, you're starting a conversation with something kind of disarming and funny and you're not trying to put up a pretense of, oh, I'm so fancy and official going up in the elevator to my office. I like this. So it's funny because your first example about making an observation, I think that that is a good practice. However, I will caution the audience to maybe be a little thoughtful about what your observation is. And what I mean by that is an example of a failed conversation starter I can think of is years ago, I was at a work function and I was new to this job and there was like a social hour, happy hour, social hour. And so everybody was going to mingle because I was a little nervous or didn't know many people there. I kind of buddied up with a friend of mine. And so we walked to the social hour together. So get to the social hour, we're hanging out, mingling, talking to different people, and a gentleman decided to comment about how tall I was, and then also how short my friend was, and we were like, oh, yeah, like, we are definitely different height. Plus, I had heels on, and so I was probably about a foot taller than her with my heels on. However, then it turned into a whole conversation about how shorter people are actually better for the environment. And just, it took a very weird path of conversation. And I was just like, I don't know how to save this conversation. And it all started from just this one observation of this man saying, oh, you're so tall. Oh, you're so short. And then he wanted to talk about like what difficulties she had being so short or like her heritage he wanted to know. And I was like, this just, this does not feel like a good conversation. I feel like any any small talk effort should not involve the word heritage. Let's just strike that and just not, let's just not bring it up. And it's funny is I feel like with someone commenting about your height or something like that, I don't know where I learned this, but I feel like it, maybe, it, maybe I went to finishing school and I don't remember it, but it was like, it's good manners to not mention anything that someone cannot change in 30 seconds. And so it was either like, if they have something in their teeth, you can tell them. If their hair looks atrocious and there's no fixing it, just keep your mouth shut. I wouldn't talk about someone's height. I wouldn't talk about someone's food. That's another thing. Don't comment about their food. Other than strawberries in the checkout line. I think that one's one's an okay example. But with that 30 second rule, it kind of just rules out so many things where you're headed down a weird path of just, yeah, I don't know where it's going to go. Love that, Jenny. That's a good rule. You must have gone to finishing school. I think that that's a, yeah, a really good rule, Jenny. Maybe just staying away from the big, the big ones, politics, religion, diversity, (laughs) or any sort of like, maybe that's not the right word. But sometimes you'll have it where like, let's say you're in a crowd and then someone near you and this stranger is acting very dramatically or very out of the ordinary. Sometimes you and the stranger will like look at each other and kind of be like, oh, like, wow, she's really cutting loose. And I think it's nice to say something kind of neutral. You're like agreeing with them. Yeah, she's having so much fun. Yeah, she clearly loves this 
expand instead of, yeah, she's being a crazy B-I-T-C-H or something. Just say something kind of nice and neutral. And I think also when people do bring up something that you, that is a hot topic, I think the best thing you can do is just, wow, yeah, that's crazy. Or like people have really strong opinions about that, don't they? And don't commit to anything. And again, that may be like a thing from my line of work where like you don't want to alienate yourself from people or fire them up over some kind of hot topic. You just kind of want to like stay friendly and neutral and move on to go talk to the nice lady about strawberries. Fair. Okay. So what are some of your favorite questions to ask when trying to do a random conversation starter? Because I have a list of random ones, but I'll also say that when I worked for one of my previous employers, I got to participate in a networking group. And so this was always a really fun way for me to go kind of seek out questions and networking questions and then also practice it with people. And so I have got just like a long list of questions and I find myself using these probably more than I should because I think it just leads to very kind of off the wall conversations such as I'll start with this one to ask you girls. If you were one of the seven dwarves, which one would you be? I want to be Doc. Okay, Jenny, you can be Doc. I can't think of really all of them except for Grumpy and Sleepy. So I guess I'd prefer to be Sleepy over Grumpy. And I do like to take some naps. So that would be a good one for me. I thought you said Drunky. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. That's not one of the seven dwarves. (laughs) (laughs) Grumpy. But but we could rename them. Maybe your question should be, can you name all seven dwarves? <laughs> Maybe Happy, I start with that. Sleepy, Dopey, Doc, Pinocchio. Smelly? Easy. Stinky? What's That's it? not one. That's not one. Sneezy, guys. Sneezy. Sneezy. With a six. Bashful? Bashful. Oh, bashful. All right. Nailed it. All right. Great job, guys. Okay. You could do a very funny one. You could be like, I would be bashful because I don't want to be a part of this conversation. Yep. That Ouch. would, uh, that would end the small talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. I don't know. I think for me, I think a common one would, if you're, let's say downtown, you say, oh, did you hear there's a new restaurant opening or, oh, such and such restaurant just opened. Have you been there? And that usually will at least give you a couple minutes of conversation. No, I really hate seafood oh why is that oh my my brother was swallowed by a whale or something (laughs) (laughs) and I actually disagree with I think Liz you said don't talk about work because I find people love to talk about themselves and they love to talk about their work especially when we're talking like people are in their careers and stuff they can talk, they can get deep into like the nitty gritty of it. And it's usually pretty fun if you have, if you can ask some questions and they're excited about it. I respect that. I guess when I said, don't talk about work, I'm saying like, let's expand the conversation further than what do you do for a living? Oh, you're an accountant. Do you like it? No. Okay. Nice to meet you. Goodbye forever. Like, I just don't always see that conversation lending itself to who a person is, what you do for a living. That's just my take on it. Okay. So I've found myself many a time in that networking circle where you all stand around and you go around and introduce yourself. And then, yeah, you talk about where you work. But, um, and I learned this from sorority land. You don't ask yes or no questions. So I love asking people a good follow-up question about their job. Talk to me about it. 
What do you like about it? How did you get into it? If you can talk about something where they will take it from there and then you can latch on to the fact that they went to the same college that you did or something, suddenly you're on a whole different conversation where it's not about work or you could you could make it something where the whole group is included because we don't really want to talk about you at your company. You know, we want to talk about something that we can all have an opinion about or we can all talk about. So I know it sounds silly. A follow-up question. Surprisingly helpful. <laughs> That's so true, Jenny. I think I learned a lot of my early small talk skills from Sorority Land because you're literally taught how to have those conversations, find something in common, and then also connect that person to someone else that they have something in common with and then transition them off. Like really, when you think about it, that's a pretty good life skill. So yeah, I think a good open-ended question can't go wrong. Just off the top of my head, if we're just giving conversationalist skills, we always talked about this when I was working in fundraising, that my job is not to talk at all. It's to listen. And so people would always want to know, you know, oh, how do you sell this? Or how do you get money? Or how do you get donations? And it's like, I don't talk about it. I listen. And so that I feel like has served me really well. And then sometimes give it 10 more, 20 more seconds of silence. People will talk. Someone will say something. Someone will follow up. They'll continue that thought. I would be in an interview and you could let someone just speak a little bit more if you gave them that pause, like a very purposeful pause can actually go a long way. That's exactly what I was going to say, Jenny, is that interviewing specifically and with my like HR background is that if you're interviewing someone and it also, I mean, or having a conversation with someone is if you are just quiet and you sit in that silence and count to 10 a little bit longer when you, your human nature is to jump in and fill the silence, other people will talk. And sometimes that's a really good practice. We have all answered this question, but one that I love asking, especially like a group setting, usually with people you're more comfortable with, is if you were a pizza topping, what would you be and why? I love it. It's one of my favorites. What would you be, Christine? A mushroom. A mushroom? Why? Well, I love mushrooms. (laughs) And they're so versatile and charming. Oh, charming mushrooms. (laughs) I, I gotta be honest, I would be a mushroom as well, because I feel like they're like earthy, they're down to earth, they don't pretend to be something that they're not. Well, this is adorable, because I was also going to pick mushroom, but it was more <laughs> because they're kind of funky, and they're not for everybody, and <laughs> they're, uh, they grow on you. And if, and they could be poisonous. No, wait. <laughs> that's adorable. The I grow on you, or they grow on you. <gasps> oh, that's cute. They're very cute. I feel like this conversation is kind of going into not just conversation starters, but also conversation skills. And one that I will very openly admit that I utilize is the mirroring technique when you're talking with someone. I try to pay attention to that several times during a conversation. I'll check in with what they're doing in their body language. And if it's with a group of people, I'll pick the person I want to connect the most to and mirror their body language. So even if we're not all doing the same thing, but often if you pay attention to it, you'll see it's very, it's very natural for people to all lean forward or put their elbows on the table or put their hand under their chin. I think it's a great little tool that you can pay attention to your body and what you're doing in space and also just pay attention to the people you're around. Okay. I've got a trick too. I 
am one of the people that I will never say that I am terrible at remembering names. Everyone likes to go around and be like, oh, I'm so bad at names. I will never admit that. I always tell people I'm great at remembering names. They remember that because then even if I get their name wrong, I'll still try and usually I'm close. So I wish I had a better trick. I, a lot of times I'll do like a mnemonic in my head or I'll try to remember that like, oh, his name is Mike and I have a friend named Mike. So there's whatever, a connection. But truthfully, I have just gotten over my fear of that awkward moment. And I would very much rather go up to someone privately and say, this is so embarrassing. I just can't remember your name. And I don't want to say something wrong. I would hate to, can, can you please remind me of your name? I'm Jenny. So that I feel like has served me so well. And just kind of ending that whole thing where people are like, oh, don't even, don't even tell me your name. I'll never remember it. I hate that. That's rude you should try to remember people's names and you should try to pronounce their name correctly. And if you cannot, you apologize and you try to get it right. Jenny, I could not agree more. I think that the trope of like, oh, I can't remember names is very lazy almost. Like you should make an effort to remember people's names. And you certainly also shouldn't open a conversation with an apology or something negative about yourself. Funny is okay, but not open. You never open something with I'm sorry or Something like that. But um, with remembering names, I like to try to make a point of introducing them to someone else very quickly. Oh, hi, Karen. Let me introduce you to my husband, David. David, this is Karen. So then you say the name a couple times. I will often say to people that I've met before but don't know well, I'll say, hi, I know we've met before. I'm Christine. It's been a while. And usually that will prompt them to say their name. Not always, but I think it's just good to just identify it. Like, hey, it's been a while. I don't expect you to remember every little detail, but this is who I am. And usually it's the same way back. I think that's great advice. All right. I have another conversation starter. I'd like to know your girl's opinion and why. Do you believe in lizard people? Like as a, like as a concept or as like a, as a. Sure. I'm going to go with no. (laughs) Christine. I would probably put this into far, like, kind of extremist political commentary. So this would probably get an answer for me that would be like, you know, I don't know, but it's so interesting how many different types of people we have in this world. And I certainly don't know everything about everyone. So who knows? That is a hilarious, politically correct answer of I will, I, I do or do not confirm the existence of lizard people. Christine, are you preparing for your presidential campaign? (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I said, I don't want to alienate someone. I don't know if they're asking me because they expect us to like laugh about it. Like, I can't believe people believe lizard people. Or if they're the other end of the spectrum, they're like, they're looking for someone else who also believes in lizard people so we can talk about it. I don't know where they're coming from or they're just lizards with crazy questions. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) These are, it's fair. I've had some weird experiences with lizards this week. Literally, they're invading my house. And also, they are taking over my security cameras in my yard. So I feel like they're organizing. I feel like there's something happening. So I need to do some more research. That's very funny. Well, let us keep us posted as you do your research. One of the things that is always very funny is the small talk that goes wrong. And hopefully we can all laugh about it. But in the last just few months, I had a hilarious small talk moment that went 
completely sideways. Jennifer was with me for this actual experience. So she saw it firsthand, but we had a little meet and greet locally in my neighborhood. And so I was meeting a lot of my neighbors that I had like seen in the street and waved to, but didn't really know very well. And we were talking to a group of dads or like gentlemen in the neighborhood and everything was, you know, we were laughing and joking around. And one of the gentlemen's, you know, pointed out his son who was running around. And I certainly didn't know everyone there. So after he pointed out his son, I said, oh, is your wife here too? And he turns and he says, no, she's dead. He meant And I think he finished the sentence by saying she's dead tired. She had just taken the kids to Michigan Adventures. But he just like the pause after she's dead was alarmingly long. And I think Jenny and I both looked at each other like, what? It was so funny. Oh, my gosh. He, I, he meant it so, like, innocently. But the wave he had just caused in that barbecue or whatever, that outdoor gathering One conversation starter that we have used on many occasions, and I remember a couple specific occasions when it's gone really well, is asking someone what their spirit animal is. People love this. It is everything is on the table. You could be a unicorn. You could be a dragon. You could be a penguin. You could be a golden retriever. And then you pick your animal, you pick your player, and then you explain why. And it is such a fun way because it's literally how people see themselves. You say, what would you be and why? And I think it is just always entertaining. I like that one. It's lighthearted and people can be creative, but it maybe isn't as out there as some of the other things that we've asked people. So I really like that one. I think what's really great about a question like that is like, I almost feel like if we could all write our answers down on a card and then share it at the same time, So I'm pretty sure we asked this question to a group of people when we were out and about. And I think our, the three of us, our spirit animals were like tigers, sharks, I don't know, things like that. And the group of young men we were talking to, I think their spirit animal was like a golden retriever, a different type of golden retriever. (laughs) It was very sweet, but very, very different energy. Yeah, that was back in like college when we started this trend of random questions to talk to people. I don't know. Maybe everybody does it. But yeah, I remember doing that one night. The three of us were out downtown and that was very funny. (laughs) Another good conversation starter that I actually got this advice from our aunt was to be reading whatever like the New York Times bestseller was because many people would be either aware of it or reading it. So she liked to keep up with what kind of was on the radar And so that'd be an easy conversation starter. And especially with women, I find I will often ask what they're reading. And it's very, very rare that a woman will say, oh, I'm actually not reading anything. They usually will say something. They might say, I'm three pages into this book I started six months ago, but technically I'm reading it. Or they'll tell you about their book club or something. It's usually leads to a great conversation. And I think it's nice because we're all three readers. So we can go down that rabbit hole pretty easily. Yeah. I would say I definitely use the, what are you reading? Or I will ask people about what podcast they're listening to. And then when they don't say ours, I yell at them. (laughs) Clever. Okay. So one of my favorite questions, and this is one that I would ask in every work networking session that I led, because 
again, the answers were just all over the place. Some of them, well, I'll ask the question. I won't, I won't give away anything. So question slash scenario is you have to wear the same shirt for one year. We're not worried about laundry or it's smelling. And it has one word on it. What word would you want on your shirt? I have never heard this question from you before. <laughs> I was saving it. There's no wrong answers because I will say that some people took it very seriously and would say like inspire or like think some people would say like breathe or relax. And then some people would say hello or one of them catch up because they just wanted a random word. And they said, then it would be a conversation starter and people would come up to me and ask me why my shirt said catch up. So yeah, I got all sorts of fun answers and I actually started writing them down because I've asked so many people this question over the years. And I think it's always fun to see what people come up with and a spur of the moment, just got to answer. That's so funny, Liz. I can't believe I've never heard you ask this before. I'm offended. Honestly, the first thing that came to my mind was the word peace, but not like in world peace kind of way, more like a hippie, like going, like making the peace sign, like peace. Oh, like a puzzle piece. Uh, no, not that kind of thing. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay, that would be really funny on a t-shirt. Yes. Jenny, what was the first word you thought of? Honestly, the first word I thought of was like a breathe. Because oh. I was thinking of like a tattoo, of like a one word tattoo. And so I yeah. thought of like breathe, but I really don't want to wear that. So then I was like, maybe I would say like goodbye. Oh, like interesting. Well, I was thinking of like the opposite of approachable. Yes. <laughs> As we're talking about being approachable and I talking know. to people. But I was so like, if, I, had, if it said hello, everyone would talk to you. So I would tell the story. So I heard this question in some, some kind of training session years and years ago. And I remember I was in HR at the time. And I think I was just like in a season of struggle. And so they asked this question. And the word that I immediately thought of was no. <laughs> like, whatever the question is, whatever. The answer is no. And then I was like, wow, that's pretty negative. And so then I would like reevaluate it. And I think that I, when I would do my networking sessions, I would say my word was relax. It's fine. Go with the flow. Everything's fine. So my word, relax as a self-reminder and a reminder to others. All right. To wrap things up today, we're going to change up our closing segment and we're going to talk about something interesting that we've learned lately. Christine, you want to kick us off with that? I would love to. So just in the last day or two, I've been reading the book Breath by James Nestor, and it has been absolutely fascinating. This book talks about what seems like a simple act, breathing, which we do every single day, but how actually we are doing it wrong. And our ancestors and the people that came before us, there's these ancient texts that talk about the proper way to breathe, but we don't use that. And that not breathing properly has caused things like snoring, sleep apnea, asthma, autoimmune disease, all these different things. So I have been just fascinated by learning about breathing if there really is a wrong and a right way. And practicing breathing through my nose instead of my mouth. And I have some tape I'm going to try tonight for when I go to sleep to make sure that I continue to breathe through my nose. I'll let you know how it goes next week. I can't wait. That's amazing. Well, I'll go next. Something that I learned this week is... um... I was having a conversation with a friend and they were talking about how their daughter had just lost a tooth. And 
I was like, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Like, is she nervous about the tooth fairy? And they were like, no, she's not nervous at all. I was like, okay. I was like, well, this is a big deal. You know, she's 10 years old. This is, you know, she's lost her first tooth. And they're like, no, this is not her first tooth. Oh, how old do you think kids are when they start losing their teeth? And I was like, obviously I thought 10. So I, uh, after that conversation and a little research to, uh, make sure the information I was given was correct. It sounds like kids start losing teeth sometimes as early as four, but more likely if they're like five or six. That's what I've heard. That's what the internet told me and my sources. And so now I know. <laughs> How funny. Well, I'm learning things right as we go. And I learned this from a podcast. I wish I remembered which one, but I listened to a lot. So I don't know. But it was someone talking about how they were getting a puppy and they have a older dog right now. And they were talking about the positive benefits of getting a puppy when you have a senior dog and that it can actually extend your senior dog's life almost two years. And I thought that was such a cool thing that I had never really thought about. But they talked about all like the positive benefits of a social aspect and more activity and you know then they get to be like a little mom or a dad to a puppy and so I thought that was really cool. That's so sweet. Well thank you girls. Yeah, I can't I gotta go now. talk to someone now. You gotta go try all <laughs> that out. Start with the lizard people question. That'll Perfect. hook me. Oh, yeah. No. Don't even say hello. <laughs> Do you believe in lizard people? Do you? Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sisters of the Apocalypse. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. And don't forget, live like there's no tomorrow. Thanks for listening.